Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello and good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. So glad that you are are joining us and tuning in to Loretta McNary Live. You know my guest because I've been promoting it. You know my guest, and I'm so excited, right, to have the phenomenal, talented, gifted pastor, gospel, R&B, singer, producer, actor, <laughs> entrepreneur. This man wears so many hats, and it's so incredibly amazing that he does them all really exceptionally well. And let me just bring him to the show. I don't like to spend a lot of time introducing people. I want you guys to hear them and talk to them. So Canton Jones is our guest. He's already on the line. Everybody give him a round of a virtual applause as Canton Jones says, hello. Hi, Canton. Hello. Can you hear me? Okay. I hope. Are you there, Canton? Hello. Um, All right, I think we're having technical difficulties. Yeah, we're definitely having some technical difficulties. Are you okay now, Canton? He's not there. I'm going to see if I can get him back on the line. Okay, well, let me just read some of his bio while you do that. Okay, our guest today is gospel R&B singer, producer, pastor, and now a part of the new Oxygen Show series called Preaches, Preachers of Atlanta, Canton Jones. Um, he's defining a new genre of music. He's been doing this genre of music for years, way before a lot of people have started to do this, and he is one of the most versatile vocalists of our time. So whenever Canton comes on, you can stop me, okay? I'm just reading his bio. Canton has been a staple in Atlanta for over 15 years. He has been a part of the Creflo Dollar Ministries, where he was on the Arrow Records label. It was there when... He, he began his own label, Kajo, C-A-J-O Records, which has released many projects, including Kingdom Business to Kingdom Business Part 3, um, I Am Justice. That was just released on January the 29th. Canton was part of the lineup for this year's Super Bowl gospel celebration, and he's just amazing. He is just simply amazing. And I know we do have callers, so callers, I thank you guys so much for listening and I don't know if we'll be able to get to questions today like we normally do, but, you know, just hang in there. And thank you guys for listening online. So I'm waiting. Hi, is this Canton? I'm here. Yes, it oh, is. Oh, there you Sorry are. Yay. About that. You dropped the call. No problem. It happens. We're good. So I got <laughs> a chance to share some of your bio with them. Um, so tell us about the Super Bowl gospel celebration that you just did this past weekend. Oh wow! It was it was really awesome. Um, I had a chance to do uh, a song called "Repping My God" with Kiki Shear, and uh, very a lot of energy. It was really really good. Uh, we had an opportunity to catch up. We're, we're good friends, and so uh, Kiki has really been making strides. Definitely speaking to the African American women in the country about spirituality and self esteem, and so. It was just good to hear her vision and seeing and just getting with her and doing that performance. Uh, the, the Super Bowl is a big deal, especially there's a lot of believers in the Super Bowl. I mean, uh, in the mm-hmm. NFL, and those uh, believers were able to step up and actually sing and perform. So it was good, good to see. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. I can only imagine. I can only imagine imagine that kind of energy in that one place and one space of time and for you to um perform with Kiki. I bet that was amazing. So now um and a lot of people well, I'm sure a lot of people know now since the series is already premiered that you're in Preachers of Atlanta. <laughs> How is that mm-hmm. experience for you? Tell us about that. Wow, it it was good for us. Um, we were, uh, you know, of course, I um, I went in with my wife, and she was there with me by my side, and we talked about it even before going in the, to make sure that this is a platform that pleases God and, and we get on there and just definitely, uh, you know, get, highlight our, our the things that we're passionate about, which is uh, hip-hop and, and, and putting Jesus in the middle of that culture and, Getting African American men back in church, definitely our young men back in church, and 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 letting them know, giving those them those guys exposure to police guys, and letting them have conversations about, you know, why is there gun violence amongst police officers, and and why we're we being shot down, and what do we need to do to fix that issue? So it was good. Once we got down to the issues, uh, we were we were like, oh yeah, we're all in. Because I can only imagine getting that phone call and then having seen, you know, some of the other reality shows and some of the feedback from even preachers of L.A., how that conversation had to take place before you could fully probably embrace the concept and not give up your beliefs. Was there ever a time when you had to say, okay, I'm good with this, but I'm not good with that? Well, I mean, you'll, you'll see, you know, you know, I didn't, I, I haven't seen – all of the shows as far as the edits and all of that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But when you see me, uh, you'll see I, I I have no problem telling somebody that I, that I don't like something um, because that's <laughs> real life, you know. It, it just yeah. is what it is. No, like I don't do that. No, no. Me and my wife, no. Blah, blah, you know, and that's, that's just the way it is. And I think, you know, uh, they say, you know, certain platforms is a, it magnifies what you are, you know. And so you, it's a lot of times people are disappointed when they just figure out, when they assume a person was one way and the person end up being another. And so with us, it's kind of like you love, love it or don't love it, you kind of get what you, you know, get what you see, you know, and, and that's really what it is. I'm glad that you brought up that you and your wife are on this mission and purpose of getting more men involved in church and not just attending church, but involved. And I was reading your bio and I see where she was very instrumental in getting you to go to church. (laughs) But you said it took (laughs) like three years before you were really involved. I want to hear about that process. Wow. Um, Okay. I grew up Kojic, Pentecostal, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I knew everything about church as far as going to church and being religious, but I had no relationship with God. And so, you know, of course I would pray over my food, and, and definitely if you're taking a flight, you better pray. But, you know, other than that, just not having a true understanding about the things of God and the kingdom of God. And so she was a, you know, young woman on fire for God. You know, we started talking and dating and, you know, it was quite clear that she wanted me to go to church. And and, <laughs> and definitely I wasn't going to go to church. I wasn't going to church at the time, and I didn't want to go to the church she was going to. But, you know, it was like, you know, come, you know, after just being on me and being on me, I finally went. And uh, 
that word started changing my life and, and start transitioning my heart into actually what I'm doing right now, you know, and, and, you know, because when the word start makes making sense and those seeds are sown into your heart, it brings forth fruit. And so that's what changed my heart, chasing a girl. Can you believe it? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But my wife, you know. Well, it's always kids. about the kind of girl that you're chasing. Obviously, you were chasing the right girl, and she has such influence on you. And, see, I, I hear that a lot where women are, you know, concerned that their boyfriends or their husbands won't go to church. And But I know that the word says that your covering covers him. So right. God will deal with you and get you to church when it's time. So I don't want people to feel like I'm unequally yoked or I got to leave belong because he's not going to church. No, you don't. Because God never forced, Jesus never forced people to come listen to him. And right. I had to think about that when my sons were going off to college and, you know, they come home for the weekend and I'm forcing them to get up and go to church because that's always been the rule. If you're in my house and I go to church, you go to church. But then the Lord started dealing with me on, he's like, I never forced anybody to come listen to me, Loretta. I draw them with love. And so I had to ease up. So I like how you, your reason was for her, but God met you right there. Whatever that reason was for you coming, he used that to get glory out of your life. So I like that story and how she was very um, tenacious about you going to church, and it changed your life. Yeah, it did. It did. You know, and 15 years later, four kids, we're still together, uh, you know, and and she's she's my world. So things are great. And, uh, you know, you, you, you never know where things are going to take you as far as life's turns and twists. But as long as we're doing it together, we understand that communication or lack of communication is what kills a relationship. And so because mm-hmm. she's what I call a wifeager, she's a manager slash wife, you know, she handles <laughs> everything. She she helps me juggle my schedule. She helps me make sure that, you know, that I'm at all the kids' uh, basketball games and recitals and all that type of stuff on time and make sure I catch my flights and, you know, so – with all of that communication, you know, it, it kind of forces us to to, to communicate. Basically, with all those, with our schedule, uh, let me say it again. With our schedule, it forces us to communicate. And so, you know, even if you're upset with each other, you still got to talk about business. And so, I think God has blessed us to be able to be around each other and talk to each other so much. When others, you know, sometimes people have a nine to five and they don't talk to. Uh, their spouse or loved one, you know, eight hours out of the day, you know, and then they mm-hmm. come home and they kick it for a couple hours and go to sleep. But for us, you know, we talk all day and we're around each other all day and then we take our lunch together. And so that's just been a habit that we've been doing uh, throughout our marriage and it works, man. And, and, and we, I can't be more in love. That is so beautiful. And there's so many things I want to talk to you about, but I have to, uh, we only have like 20 minutes left, but I do want to talk about your inspiration for your song. Cause I'm always so fascinated by um, songwriters and people who sing and how songs uh, reflect either their lives or someone's their other's life. I do know you are Morehouse man. So congratulations on that. Big ups for that. <laughs> and there's so many things we can talk about. So let's kind of, yeah, Morehouse, man, because my sons, we toured it, but they made a decision to go to another HBCU. But I love how Morehouse men are so gelled together and support each other. So yeah, yeah, on that we, one. 
once we find out it's a Morehouse man in the room, it's, it's like brotherhood immediately. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that 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 bond would never go anywhere. Morehouse was a huge blessing to me and my family. I mean, we we went all over the world uh, singing in the chorus in the Morehouse Classic Glee Club, which is world-renowned. I was able to go to Russia. I did Poland, and I traveled all up and down the United States and also was able to do the opening and closing of the Olympics. And so we, we attended private uh, functions where you met people like Oprah Winfrey and Maya Angelou and, and stuff like that was going on. And so Morehouse was a huge blessing, kind of taught me how to do business, how to, you know, be an upstanding young black man in this country, mm-hmm. how to be aggressive mm-hmm. about dreams, you know. And it was it was awesome. It was awesome. Right, because there, there's so much more than, you know, just having an academic goal. They really, that's why they call you guys Morehouse men. I learned that because I have several friends who are Morehouse men. And it, it is family, but it's not just academics. It's how to be a man. It's how to, like you said, go after your dreams and give back to community, how to treat your wife and your family, respect and authority. And that's one of the things I was so impressed with that because you're really a, you're a, um, you're from Florida. You're a native of Florida, but you are you went to school in Atlanta and you're in Atlanta. So how different mm-hmm. are those two lifestyles from being in Florida to being in Atlanta? Well, when I was in Florida, I was, you know, of course in my mom's home. So I've never experienced Florida. Plus I'm I'm close to uh, you know, Fort Lauderdale, Miami. You know, grew up in a mm-hmm. place called Deerfield Beach. So I've never really been uh an adult living in Miami, you know, and in Fort Lauderdale. So I, I, I know that when I was at home, it was church and basketball, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, that was that was really my regimen and, and singing with my dad in the quartet. And so we did sports and, and things were fun back home. And my, my, my mom and dad was together, which was a huge blessing. My dad was my hero and, you know, very – hard to find a, a family with a hero in the home, but I had one, and, and mm-hmm. my dad was awesome. Mm-hmm. And so... So since um, you had one, you know well. you have to be one, right? Definitely, definitely, definitely. <laughs> and, and so I'm like, man, you know, and, and, and that's why it's so important that even um, being as busy as I am, that uh, my kids are a big part of my schedule as well, you know, coming home, uh, having dinner with them at night and just asking them how did their day go and playing little games and, and you know, and, and just really just being that dad, teaching basketball. And so that's just as much as my schedule, in my schedule as studying for my for my sermon for on, on Thursdays, you know what I'm saying? It's it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's just family. I'm, I feel like my family is my first church and everything else comes after. Because that is true. That's what the Word of God says also. And we, we're everywhere with this interview because you are so dynamic and you have your hands in so many things. I want to kind of touch on them all. But we have to go back to Preachers of Atlanta to talk about your co-actors um, and pastors in that. And so you can kind of – it's five of you all in that. I just want to pay homage to them because I'm mm-hmm. very proud that you're on there and that I know we're going to get some good word. God will get the glory out of especially your story. I'm not as familiar with the other ones as I am with you, uh-huh. but you can kind of tell us who the other four are. Well, um, you have uh, Pastor Corey Hambrick, who is a uh, police pastor, you know, and so he's a full-time <laughs> cop and a pastor as well. And so his dynamic is very, very interesting. 
um, when you start, when when we start asking him, um, you know, what is he going to do about, you know, some of the shootings and things that's happening in America, mm-hmm. you know, you know, how, you know, why is it happening? And, and, you know, he gives his answer. And, and so you're going to see, actually you're going to see a lot of that tonight on how, uh, those issues played out, and so Corey Hambrick, which I feel like he's going to be the mayor of Atlanta. I keep telling him that <laughs> he's going to be the mayor. <laughs> um, and so uh, you got him. You have uh, uh, Kim Pothier Jones or Kim Jones Pothier, um, who mm-hmm. is uh, uh, which Miss Pop Culture. She's a a uh, superstar on on um, social media. And she has thousands and thousands of followers, and she's a pastor. She's on fire. And her story, you know, come, stems from her passion stems from her being in a marriage where she had she divorced twice. And uh, one of her marriages, uh, her husband would, uh, was abusive and, um, you know, and drank. And, and she dealt with that and kind of came out swinging, you know, saying that, you know, I'm not going to give up. And you, you kind of see that fire from her in, in, in on the show. And so... Um, she takes over her family's church, and so that's a very interesting dynamic. Then you have Pastor Judah, Pastor Judah Swilly. Uh, if you if you are familiar, well, uh, in Atlanta, his dad was a big bishop, Bishop Swilly, um, and he came out um, out of the closet saying he was gay, and um, kind of stepped down from um, the ministry for a while, and and and, and so. Judah kind of walks through that dynamic of how it affected him and and how his passion came from that of of of, of kind of ministering to different people uh, and, and kind of uh, going after those who are suicidal, who are those who are who are kind of dealing with certain issues that they're ashamed of, and you know, and and, and so. His dynamic. I mean, everybody's dynamic is very interesting, and and uh, it's very interesting alone. Let alone when we all come together. <laughs> and so, um, and uh, and so, uh, last but not least is uh, Leandria Johnson. Yes, sir. And Leandria. Yeah, yeah. So you know, uh, she's the one. That she's our fire. She's our fire. <laughs> and uh, you know, a lot of people. <laughs> I'm very interested in her part. You know, uh, right now, um, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're kind of uh, trying to see what's going on with her husband, DNA testing on this new child, and, you know, and, and so that dynamic is very interesting because, you know, Leandria, you know, is very bold in what she what she stands for. You know, she's very bold. She's very vocal, too, yeah. She's unapologetic. <laughs> yeah, she's unapologetic, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so – me, you know, as as a person that that's in in that gumbo, you know, I you know I speak my mind. But when somebody says, you know, either way that God told him to do something, uh, it's our job to pray. You know, it's my job to start praying because I can't I can't say that God told you to do something or not. You know, you got to go by the word. You can't deny and, or confirm. Yeah. Yeah, you just got to pray. You know, you got to pray. You know, but there are certain things that we know God and tell you to do god didn't tell you to go rob that bank man come on now yeah. you know um <laughs> and so there are certain things based off the word but but when there are certain things that's edgy uh just because we wouldn't do it then i can't say that god didn't tell you to do it and god so didn't. that's why it's just, it's just you know you, you just go in prayer and you just say wow well, man think about this make sure you think about that and likewise same thing with me you know when i started doing 
Christian hip hop and 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 rap in the church and and people are like, man, well, you got a, such a lovely singing voice, son. Why don't you sing? You know, it's just it's like, man, God has got me doing this rap thing or, or or you know fusing both together so that I can bring the gospel to a new generation. And so when at mm-hmm. one time it looked I looked crazy for doing it, now. A lot of people are doing it, and a lot of people are getting saved and set free, and a lot of people are inspired, and they're doing it themselves. You know, so what if I would have said, you know, hey, you know, I quit because people don't agree with what I'm doing. And so mm-hmm. um, you just have to keep going. When you believe, you just got to keep going. Yeah, when you know for for sure that God told you, and you have to run on his promises. You have to run and say, Lord, I believe it's you, and you test it, and, and he will make sure and reassure you and reassure you. Every time when you feel like giving up because you think maybe it's really not him, it was just a good thing, God will send another messenger to say, to confirm that that is what God wants you to do. And that's a good lead-in for, I want to talk about your music, your music, oh, my goodness, your music. So what inspires you to write, especially when you started writing um, your kingdom business? Because first it was part, it was just kingdom business, and then something else happened, and you did number two, and now you've done number three. So it's a trilogy. Can you just tell us about that? Uh, when I started writing kingdom business, I had gotten a revelation of the kingdom of God and, and what Jesus preached, and I was so excited about it because I had never heard and understood what the kingdom of God was or what the kingdom of heaven was. I actually thought that it was heaven, <laughs> you know, whenever the time they say, you know, you, you you won't inherit the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. I thought it was heaven, you know, okay, that you won't go to heaven. And when I understood more and more about what it was and what it represents, what it represents and what Jesus was really preaching about, I just – it just took over me, and so everything became about the kingdom of God, you know. The, you know, and so it's still about the kingdom of God. That's that's mm-hmm. what we that's what we ride to, you know. And so um, the kingdom, that first kingdom business, was just my exposure to the kingdom. The second kingdom business was about me uh, giving platforms to other people based off of seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added. And so all of the things that I wanted to happen, all of the places that I wanted to go, God started having me to set up platforms for other people. And so my Kingdom Business Series became a compilation and a platform for other people because that's what the kingdom is all about. And so all of those principles, all of those things that Jesus talked about, those kingdom keys, um, those are the things that became a part of our lifestyle, you know, and and created a culture. It's the culture of our church. When people come in, we're not teaching religion. We're teaching the kingdom of God so that it can become a part of your lifestyle, not necessarily rules and regulations, but how you get in the presence of God and create the kingdom of God and the, the kingdom culture for your family, you know, and, and things for things to work based off of what he told you to do. And so that, that that when I got a revelation of the kingdom, it it changed my music, and 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 that's what my music is about. You know, giving people nuggets about the kingdom. So you may not understand what I'm singing about, what which scripture I'm singing about, but I'm always basing a song off of off of what you know the the Bible, and and, and then from mm-hmm. there you just be creative. 
So how was it? Because um, I know you perform with some amazing R&B and hip hop performers, like heavyweights like T.I. and David Banner and Ludacris, and even on the gospel side, you perform with you know Kirk Franklin, Patti LaBelle, Smokey Norfolk, Dr. Bobby Jones, and you already talked about Kiki. So when you got your first call to perform on stage with and I really don't like using secular music, the word secular music. I really don't because I believe. Yeah, I, I um, call it mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> so something that is not strictly talking about the love of, of Jesus Christ then is mainstream. So how was it for you knowing um, your faith and that you're sold out to Christ and, you know, honoring him to perform with someone like T.I.? Well, what's the use of light around light? You know, light shines brighter in darkness and so those are the places that we need to go you know and so i love those opportunities and i'm kind of not nervous i'll sing in front of you know young old white black spanish it doesn't matter you know mainstream i I just feel confident to do me in front of wherever it is you know and just go in and just do me i think um when you feel like you have a gift you know that most people who may not be Christian still will respect the gift. And, I, and I've heard that a lot of mm-hmm. times. Like, man, I'm not even a Christian, but, man, I respect mm-hmm. that music, bro. That, that music is hot. So they just respect the gift. And I feel like uh, on, when it comes to just the gift, that that I'm confident enough to go wherever and present my gift. When it comes to the kingdom, I feel like the kingdom going to shine you know, and the word of God is going to do its own thing with or without me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm just there <laughs> to give the message of Jesus Christ. And so it's it's, it's about it's it's just about being bold. I think sometimes, you know, even for us, you're more nervous sometimes on Sunday morning in certain places than you are in a club with with people who don't love mm-hmm. Jesus. Because mm-hmm. you know, it just it just seems like sometimes you're frowned on because of how you do Jesus. And not the fact that you do Jesus, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. But 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 God's been good to us, and people have accepted what we've done over the years, and we're still at it. You are definitely still at it, and you are making a huge difference um, in the kingdom <laughs> because you're reaching those people that there is no other way we would have reached them had not God equipped you and you saying yes. Lord, I'll go to the club. Lord, I'll go and perform in on mainstream stages with mainstream artists. I am not ashamed. I am bold. So we, we thank you. I'll be so happy. When, I know you got nods from the Grammys and from Stella Awards, and you got three Gospel Choice Awards, I mean, just to name a few of the things. So um, your your gift is definitely making room for you, and God says your gift does put you in the um, in the presence of kings, and it is doing that. So God's word is alive; it is very true. And I like how you are you know you're sharing it because your ministry is not supposed to look like somebody else's because the people that God has assigned to you, your harvest is going to be different. So you have to use what you have to reach them. So I like that you are you figured that out. You figured it out as a young man and didn't go on the road to try to be traditional like everybody else. Right. And and, and it's so sometimes so tempting to do that, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and uh, because even though I've been nominated for a Grammy and never won one, never, you know, nominated for a Stella, never won one either, you know, but, and it's, and it's cool and it's okay that, you know what, man, I might not be the one to win one. It may be someone, someone else. Thank God that Lecrae, 
one one. You know, praise God. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a rapper that represents this type of music that's on a similar mission. So thank God that somebody's winning one. You know, and and we thank God mm-hmm. for the movement. We thank God for the team, and not necessarily the player. And so uh, when you've been chosen to do something. It's so uh, hard sometimes not to edit what you're doing when you you feel like you should be getting the accolades, but you're not getting them. And so, and so, uh, but the focus is here. And so we stay focused based off the call. What's the mission? Forget the, forget what they're saying. Forget not being invited here. Forget that. Stick, stick to the mission. Stick to the plan, and God's gonna open the doors. Stick to the plan, and so. We've been sticking to the plan, and God has been opening doors. Wow. And obviously you receive greater awards than a Grammy or a Stellar, and, and what you get for having changed lives, Canton, is bigger than any man-made award. And you get to see and hear it now. Um, I think that's God's beauty, how he loves on us and how he uses us and blesses us and each person's life is different, yet you, you haven't received the Stella Awards, but look, you're on the stage at the Stella Awards performing. <laughs> yeah, And yeah, people who yeah. have won Stella Awards haven't done that. Yeah, yeah. So, so that, like I say, it's it's funny how God does it, and uh, you, mm-hmm. you, you, you're you thankful and you, you just keep moving. And so I'm so humbled to be in those positions to to, to be nominated, man. I mean, to be nominated for a Grammy twice and to be nominated for mm-hmm. a Stella multiple times, I'm honored, you know, and I thank God that uh, we're here as trailblazers doing something probably that has never been done before, and we just keep pushing, keep pushing. Right. You are definitely traveling the road less traveled, and I, I'm your life is definitely – um, points us to the cross and reminds us of God's love and how, you know, awesome he is and how he does things so differently, and yet he still gives those same great results that he is, you know, living for, that he lives for in us, and that is to save people because he doesn't want anybody to die and go to hell. So, Canton, thank you. Our time is up. I can just sit and talk share your 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 journey is such a testament to God's glory that I could just share that all day long. So thank you for your yes. Thank you for your beautiful wife, Ramona, for believing in you and what God put in you and for taking you to church with her. (laughs) (laughs) So hopefully we'll have this conversation again. I have met you on the Stellar Wars. I've interviewed you on the Stellar Wars before in Nashville a couple of times. So it's a pleasure to interview you on my radio show. So thank you so much, Canton. Thank you for having me. God bless. All right. God bless you, too. Thank you guys for wa- for listening to Loretta McNary Live Radio Show. We'll be here um, next Wednesday and the Wednesday after that at 1.30 with more great, amazing guests to inspire you to live the life you dream about and to give God the glory. Until next time, everybody, bye-bye. Okay. Hello.